the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, Matt Borzi had it right. We are coming right from the courtroom. Matt Borzi's the guy, a real handsome dude here at AM 970 who does all the introductions and the voiceovers. But yes, I am coming uh, straight from the courtroom. And here I am in the studio with uh, Sam Bellino and Sibelia and Alex. And yes, the great the great one who's got the only person who has her own theme song here on AM 970, The Answer. Yes, baby, the one and only Joan Pelzer. Um, and, you know, yes, I'm on a little bit of a high from court because this court gets you really excited. Not the kind of high that Steve Kessel talked about last week regarding cannabis. But uh, the big update here at the studio is uh, there are these new little covers on the microphone. What do you call them, Sam Bowen? Windscreens. Okay, now, I know it's not your job to really talk into the microphone, but what you will notice is they have a very particular odor to them right now, like a yeah, break. It's the like odor a chemical. Is new. Yeah, but it's not like a new car odor that you're like looking for. There's a little bit of a rough odor. Um, speaking of rough, before we jump into the Supreme Court of the United States of America, and you know, folks, I know people are talking about it all over the, literally all over the world, but especially all over the airwaves. Um, and it it has a very special place for me because of my history with the United States Supreme Court, um, more so than the actual subject matter does. And we're going to talk about that in the integrity of the court. Um, you know, Alan Dershowitz has been everywhere, right? He's been on every show. He's on Cats right before us. He's he's just he's omnipresent. He clerked in the Supreme Court. He's argued in the Supreme Court in the Harvard thing. Uh, but I didn't hear anywhere where he was able to take any of your calls. So Alan's going to be on in eight minutes. If you want to ask Professor Dershowitz any questions about Roe v. Wade, about the Supreme Court, um, about this this potential Mississippi decision, about him, about me, it's Ask Alan Anything. Uh, 732, no, that's Mitsubishi's number, 877-970-2999, 877-970-2999. And yes, regards for my buddies at Platinum Mitsubishi in Freehold. This would be a great weekend, supposed to be great weather. Go down there and splurge. You know, interest rates are going up. So while your credit card is still a little low or while the financing that they could give you is still a little low, I'm not telling you to go out there and buy a real expensive car, but go buy a little fun car for, for the summertime. Something that doesn't eat a lot of gas. Like if you're really, really going to just have a toy, you could get a Mazda Miata. Freehold, platinum in, in Freehold, 
can get you a used Mazda Miata for like seven, eight, nine thousand dollars um, because there's so many of them. They've been around for forever, and that car will give you more smiles per mile than you could ever imagine. And um, they're they're not hard to maintain. So. Think about it, you know, in this life with everything going on, the statistics this weekend for crime, people getting sick with COVID, the mental health thing. This is Mental Health Awareness Month, what we heard talked about yesterday. You know what? Give yourself a treat. Go buy a Mazda. Mazda should give me a little uh, plug for that. Or any other car. Now, if you want something where you can put the family in, you got to go with, you're going to go American and you're going to go either Ford Mustang or... Or Chevy Camaro. And both of those cars, there's so many of them that uh, they're not that expensive at all. And they, those cars have back seats and decent-sized trunks. Trunks, And most importantly, all three cars, the two-seater Mazda Miata, the uh, four-seater Camaro and Mustang, you could get them in stick shift. That's right, baby. Five on the floor. Some of them are six on the floor in the, in the Mustang and the... Um, in the Camaro. So that's my car moment of the day. We can, um, we're going to have Lauren fix on again to talk about cars. Lotus is coming out with a real cool car. It's a supercar, but not at supercar prices. But I digress. Before we get into the heavy news of the day, I just want to talk a little bit about last night and this weekend about great things that are going on in New York. Last night was the Mets Gala. And yes, Matt Sambolin was there. Uh, he was wearing. Who are you wearing, Matt? Was it Versace? I, I was Gucci? dressed as the janitor. You were dressed. Oh, yeah. that, okay. So it was industrial, uh, but it was very cool to see um, New York alive and well. And um, you know, it was packed, and it was the the I don't know, creme de la creme of money. What did uh, Mayor Adams' uh, jacket say? He had a jacket on that said and, leather and like, gun violence. And gun violence, which is what we need to do. And on uh, Saturday night in New York City, at the Ziegfeld Ballroom, yes, the same place that we are going to be on on May the 26th for the Friars Club to honor Tracy Morgan, um, we, uh, we had what's called the Inner Circle Dinner. What's the Inner Circle uh, it's been around forever. My grandfather, Artie Idala, who we'll talk about at the end of the show because it's a special person's birthday. Um, he joined the Inner Circle, I believe, in 1941. Uh, and he was there for many, many years. And people this past Saturday night, 20 years, uh, 22 years after his death, still spoke about my grandfather's performances on the stage. And what it is, is it's the local media uh, in, in Washington, D.C., and actually this year it happened to both fall on the same night. It's the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and there the President of the United States uh, ribs the, the the writers and the media people on the national level, and they rib him back. Here in New York City, because we do things extra special and extra big, the television personalities that you would know, like uh, Juliet. Papa and um, N.J. Burkett, who played uh, Donald Trump, he's from ABC, was absolutely hysterical. Juliet's, Juliet was singing. She was great. Melissa Russo from um, uh, NBC. The, anyone who's got a kid, have you seen an Encanto yet? Encanto, yes, yes, many times. And and the big song is what? Don't say Bruno. Is that the yeah? The, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. So at the inner circle, the song was she drew Melissa uh, Russo was Kathy Hochul, Governor Hochul, and she sang "We Don't Talk About Cuomo." Ah, very good. And it was all about <laughs> Cuomo, and it was very funny. But it was it was the schmoozing 
um, in the um, in the middle where everyone, you know, you know, the mayor is there. Mayor de Blasio is also there. Many, many of uh, the local politicians are there. And, and many of the people, when you're watching the evening news or listening in the morning, uh, they were all there. Johnny Katsimatidis had a table, obviously, front and center. Uh, and it was just, it was the first time anyone had done that since 2019. So the 2020 uh, went out the window. The 2021 went out the window. And it raises money for kids. Uh, they give it to just different children's charities. So... New York is up and running. Everyone's there, talks and all that stuff. Um, Mayor Adams was was pretty funny. He had the same guy who plays him on Saturday night. After the the uh, people from the media went up there and made fun of him and Hochul and the assembly and all of the everyone whose names we hear on a regular basis with some some funny jokes, some funny songs, some not so funny songs, some not so funny jokes. Uh, then there's an intermission, and then the mayor gets a chance to respond. And he had the guy who plays him, I forget his name, from Saturday Night Live. Chris Red, I believe. Chris Red from Saturday Night Live. And what they did was the Mayor Adams clone. So they wore the exact same thing. They stood on two separate podiums. Um, and it was like what Eric Adams says, and that's what Eric said. And then what Eric Adams thinks, and that's what Chris Red said. And, it, you know, obviously they were very different with the words that were coming out of his mouth and what was going on in his mind. And it was, it was very funny, but it was great to feel that energy and to, and the Ziegfeld ballroom did a great, great job. You know, that used to be a theater an iconic theater. I've been there several times when I was younger, the theater shut down cause no one goes to movies anymore, but luckily they, uh, they made it into a, uh, um, it's like a mini like radio city music hall, or it used to be held at the, um, at the Hilton Hotel, but for several reasons, they moved it over to the Ziegfeld and, and good for New York. Um, we are going to have Alan Dershowitz come back if any, on, after, on the other side of the break. If anyone wants to chat with him, it's 877-970-2999, 877-970-2999. There is a new lieutenant governor who is going to be on the ballot with Governor Hochul. His name is Congressman Antonio Delgado, uh, obviously an intelligent young man. Um, he is a Harvard Law School graduate. He went and worked at a big law firm for a while, and uh, then he ran for Congress. He worked at Aiken Gump, which is one of the biggies, and um, he represents the Hudson Valley, um, and he um, he's going to be on the ballot with... Um, with the governor, you know, the original law is that once you get nominated, once you're on the ballot, the only way you could get off is if you run for another office, move out of state or die. And uh, Lieutenant Governor, former Lieutenant Governor Benjamin wasn't going to do any of those three. There was no provision to get uh, off of the ballot if you're indicted. But there is uh, now they passed the law and uh, the the legislature did the state legislature did and the governor signed it into law. And then she nominated uh, Delgado to be her running mate from the Hudson Valley. So we shall see what happens. There are all these this fake news uh, basically disseminated by uh, Curtis Lee with that uh, Andrew Cuomo is going to run. But I'm, I'm not seeing that happening. Stay tuned. So, 
Let's talk about other lawyers besides just Professor Alan Dershowitz, who's going to be joining us momentarily. And if you want to talk to him, you could call in at 877-970-2999. He's been omnipresent today. Um, but let's talk about Connors and Sullivan, as we do each and every night right around this time. Uh, if you're not around to make your decisions, well, who's going to do that? I mean, and do you want to saddle your loved ones with making decisions? Or man, maybe they're not going to make the decisions that you want. So, so the, the answer is right in front of you. The solution is right there. You just call Connors and Sullivan. How do you call them? You pick up the phone. 718-238-6500. If you're in your car right now, you don't even have to pick up the phone. You press that little button on the steering wheel. 718-238-6500. You can visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. They're going to help you with the will, the power of attorney, the health care proxy, the living will, and put together an overall estate plan. Their goal is to protect you, your rights, your interests, take care of your family, and they are going to plan and protect like the professionals they are because they've been doing this for over 40 years. So visit them for a no-obligation free consultation. Connors & Sullivan, offices in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember, folks, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2000. You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me. Don't say I can't go with other Well, that's a song by Leslie Gore, which I uh, believe is pretty apropos, uh, considering the subject matter that we're talking about. Um, On the line, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz, where if you were alive today, that's all you had to do was be alive. You heard or saw or read something from Professor Alan Dershowitz, uh, as you should have, because this is a, a, a big, big topic regarding what took place in the Supreme Court of the United States yesterday. I will tell you before we go to Alan, I was personally just so saddened, not by the uh, the decision itself, but by the fact that it leaked. And it, it's not just that it leaked like uh, this is what the decision is going to be, like what the quote-unquote verdict was, but the fact that the actual decision and, and the reasoning and the words, uh, it's, it's a violation 
that that's hard to describe to anybody who's actually um, practiced in the Supreme Court, knows the Supreme Court justices, uh, and, and just has the reverence for the institution that at the very least I do. Uh, I can only imagine, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a very nice relationship with Justice Samuel Alito, who uh, allegedly wrote the, uh, the decision here. He is a very quiet and humble man. Uh, he couldn't be any different than Justice Scalia, who was outgoing, outgoing, gregarious, backslapping, uh, whereas Justice Alito is much more uh, conservative in terms of the way he carries himself uh, and not one to be looking for the limelight in any way, shape or form. And, uh, and you know, like he calls me, he's like, hi, Arthur, it's Sam Alito. He doesn't say it's Justice Alito, it's Sam Alito. I'm like, oh, hello, Your Honor. Uh, and now the the... Obviously, he knew what he was getting into. Uh, the Just so you guys know, um, when there is a Supreme Court decision that is going to come down, going to be handed down, after the arguments, a few days later, the justices, the nine justices meet in a very special room that I got to sneak into as a guest of Justice Scalia when Justice Rehnquist was not, Chief Justice Rehnquist happened not to be uh, in the courthouse that day. So Scalia was able to sneak me in and see the room where they sit. There's a portrait of George Washington that looks over the nine justices. And um, they take a vote. Uh, according to my sources, there's really not a lot of debate in that room. It's more about just taking a vote. Um, and then whoever is the most senior person in the majority picks who's going to write the actual opinion. And in this particular case, if all of this is true, which it seems to be, because the chief judge verified it today, uh, Justice Clarence Thomas was the most senior person in that room. And I am sure it was not right then and there that he said to Justice Alito, you're going to write the opinion. I'm pretty certain they had a conversation about that beforehand. Not that anyone told me that, but just based on common sense. So this is now on Justice Alito's shoulders, uh, the way Harry Blackman's name uh, has been around much longer than his tenure because of Roe v. Wade. Uh, If things hold the way uh, they currently appear to be, uh, the name Justice Samuel Alito will uh, live on for a very long time. Uh, And it's amazing because half the country will look at him as a hero and half the country will look at him as a villain, more or less. With all of that being said, Professor Dershowitz, do you even have a voice yet still at this at 622 on a, 622 on a, a Tuesday evening? I do, but I have, to, I have to tell you first the story about the only time I was ever in the conference room. I went to the conference room of the Supreme Court in 1963 in November. Oh, I know where this knocked is going. on the door, knocked on the door. And the most, ju- and the and the most junior justice has to answer it, correct? Then Junior Justice, which was Arthur Goldberg, for whom I was clerking, I knocked on the door. Goldberg said, Alan, you know you can't knock on the door and come in here. I said, Mr. Justice, the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, has just been shot. And I think the Supreme Court justices ought to know about that. And I was wow. the one who informed the nine justices of the Supreme Court. And what, and what happened? What, and, and, go ahead. So you told them that. What happened next? They, they uh, broke up immediately. And this is interesting. I'm a fanatical baseball fan, as you know. I had the only television in the entire United States Supreme Court because I had just a month before watched the World Series. And I didn't take it was a 10 inch uh, black and white uh, TV in my little cubicle office in the Supreme Court. 
And all nine justices came into my cubicle to watch the Supreme, to watch the news and watch Walter Cronkite announce that the president had died. You know, it's interesting and how younger people could, it's just hard for them to wrap around that fact. If you then go almost 40 years later, um, the same situation happened on September 11th. In a law office of almost 20 people, I was the only one who had a television in their actual office, and everyone was mm-hmm. jammed into my little 13-inch. Sure. What My TV was color. Yours was black and white, I'm certain. Right? I mean, you couldn't have had a yep. color TV, yep. Alan, yep. right? Yeah, mine was black and white. Right. No, no, it was black and white. And, yep. and nowadays, right, I, I, like I basically have three TVs in my hand almost at every time with, with the phone situation. So, Alan, what was your first, first of all, how did you find out about what took place last night? Who, who alerted you? The, uh, what happened last night? Yeah, in other words, when, when it, was, when it no, leaked. I got, a call. I got a call from the Hannity people asking me if I could go on and, uh, you know, discuss it and that's how i found out right. about it I, as, as soon as i yeah. found it I, I saw it i called you and you were already on the air on hannity right. um right. as right. someone right. who clerked in the supreme court and has a, a very special feeling with the supreme court I, you know how did it make you feel to to, to that, that this the actual decision was leaked out personally i think it's just awful i think it's just awful uh and whichever law clerk did it and i think it was a law clerk and i think it was a law clerk who was opposed to the overruling and thought maybe they could do something to stop it or to change the dynamic uh obviously violated uh, a pledge of secrecy and if caught will probably be um disbarred um you know having said that you're a criminal lawyer i'm a criminal lawyer if i got a phone call tonight from a kid from the supreme court who's a law clerk saying i was the guy who did it Will you defend me? Of course, my answer would be yes. I don't uh, say no to people just because I disagree with them. I'm defending somebody who went into the Capitol. Um, yeah, I but you could still call them. You could still Capitol. call them a stupid sob. I call most of my clients stupid sobs. <laughs> you know that. I used to call some of my co-counsel stupid sobs sometimes. Not you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you clarified that. But I mean, right. Alan, uh, I know that, and this is, I'm just going back because I did a little research. There was a, do you know what, if I refer to the 22nd rule in the Supreme Court, what that meant? No. Okay. So uh, around the time that Roe uh, came out, it was leaked a few days early. Um, But I don't think the whole decision was leaked. I think it was just. um, No, it was just rumors. No, no, I don't think you're right. I think there were rumors. Well, there were, okay. But Berger got, was furious. And he, and here was his rule. If I see anyone in the building talking to a reporter for more than 30 seconds, you're fired. And so they called yeah. it the 22nd rule. And he was, I mean, he yeah. was apoplectic at just that, just that rumors getting out there. I mean, because the, the rumors were true by the way. Um, yeah. yeah. And by the way, there have been some law clerks. I know for a fact, there have been some law clerks who have told journalists about the inner workings of the Supreme court after the decisions came down, uh, there's even been some justices who have done that. Um, there was a rumor of a justice who was having an affair with a reporter uh, who disclosed information about what went on in a conference. I've never heard that rumor confirmed. But, um, you know, in the book of the Brethren, there are all kinds of uh, leaks that were given by insiders in the Supreme Court, but they were all after the decisions came down about what went into the decisions. But in the 68 years that I've been following the Supreme Court, the first Supreme Court decision I ever read was 1954 
Brown versus Board of Education. In the 68 years since that time, um, there's never been uh, a leak of an opinion, of a draft opinion like this. It's, it was just awful. Yeah, and um, so the – oh, the other thing, by the way, back in the day that Berger said was that he was going to make everyone in the courthouse take lie detector tests. Now, you and I both know that there is no way Chief Justice Roberts had a good night's sleep last night. No way. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's terrible, yeah. He, yeah. And he takes know, this so... Per- you know, I knew him as a student. He's a very nice man yeah. and a very good chief justice. I, mean, I was one of the few liberals who supported his nomination because I knew what a good lawyer he was before he ascended the bench. Uh, but he was furious, livid, so angry. You know, it's as if he lost control over the Supreme Court. And it's some kid, I think it's some kid who engaged in an act of civil disobedience who felt that it would just be outrageous for the justice to overrule Roe and decided in the interests of trying to stop it, uh, he or she would uh, leak the information. Uh, But, you know, today's young people think they're above the law. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in due process. They try to shut down speakers. They want to eliminate the presumption of innocence. You know, all of that, uh, this modern young generation of radical uh, young lawyers. Look what they did at Yale. They tried to uh, stop speakers from having a conference at Yale because some of the speakers didn't support uh, gay rights. I, you know, obviously I support gay rights, but I support the right of people to take a different point of view on this. But there's a lot of intolerance today. And I can imagine one of my former students or a former Yale student or former whatever uh, saying, oh, no, I can't do this. I can't just sleep. Uh, comfortably and allow the Supreme Court to overrule Roe versus Wade. I'm going to give this to my friend, a reporter on um, uh, Politico, and and maybe it'll change. Well, let me let me ask you this question, Professor Alan Dershowitz: Does did Politico have any ethical, journalistic, ethical obligations to say, you know what, you're violating policy, you're violating your legal ethics, no. and we're not going to take yeah. this? No, I don't think so. The New York Times published the Pentagon Papers, and the Pentagon Papers were given to them on the basis of a felony. Um, uh, remember, the Pentagon Papers were classified. Uh, Supreme Court decisions are not classified. The Washington Post did the same thing. I think journalists publish, unless lives are at stake, unless you know you don't reveal the names of spies or the codes to nuclear weapons. But if it's a news story, you publish it, even if the source is a tainted source, as this one definitely was. You know, Alan, I, I, first of all, people should understand, Professor Dershowitz and I are not even talking about the substance of the ruling. We're talking about, uh, you know, the basically the, the way everything went down and, and how it, it should not have gone down. And I'm, I, I'm not going to comment on whether I like the decision or I don't like the decision because that's besides, that's besides the point. Uh, what's taking place now, everyone should understand, is, in my opinion, and Alan disagree, is as un-American as bar- barging into the floor uh, of the Capitol and, uh, you know, protesting in an illegal manner. Uh, and I felt, you know, personally more more violated only because to me personally, and this is just Arthur Idala, the Supreme Court... You know, I remember when Scalia got sworn in the very first time and he said how important it was to the Italian-American community, more so than maybe even being president of the United States, because there was a purity and an innocence to some degree 
uh, about becoming a United States Supreme Court justice that it didn't wasn't soiled with the polit- with the stains of politics, um, and the the fact that someone violated the sanctity of that branch of government by leaking the entire decision. Uh, it really, 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 I, w- I was very troubled last night in my office. So was I. So was I. You know, I don't think you can make comparisons between various types of civil disobedience, but this was a serious breach. And if the person is caught, she or he will be disbarred, but will become a hero to some people. And, uh, you know, we'll probably have to pursue a different career. Maybe they'll be smart enough even to become a talk show host. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, and, and here's the bottom line. Alan, nothing's going to change here, right? I mean, nothing's. It's not. You think think you think uh, Amy Comey Barrett's going to run in and uh, tell uh, Justice Breyer, "Okay, I'll join you." You know, you'll write the decision for the for the. We'll no, but here's what I think could happen. I do think that probably even before this leak occurred, Roberts was trying to persuade probably Kavanaugh. Look, you don't have to reach the issue of whether to overrule Roe versus Wade. That's not before the court. The only issue before the court is whether to uphold or reject the Mississippi statute that limits abortion to 15 weeks. Let's uphold the statute. Let's give the right to life people a victory. But we don't have to engage in judicial activism and take the next step that wasn't before the court. And if I were Justice Kavanaugh, I would take that very seriously. And uh, Alan, you know, you're talking about Justice Robert uh, Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, it, just give us a little look behind the curtain. I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, the judges, the justice, just goes in and walks into the offices. Can I, let me sit down and talk to you about this. Don't they do it more through their law secretaries, their law clerks? It depends. Some justices, like when I was clerking, Goldberg and Brennan had a close, close relationship. And they would talk to each other all the time. They would also sometimes, I mean, Goldberg would sometimes send me into Brennan and ask me to talk to him about something. And the opposite with, with the Brennan clerks. Uh, but remember, in my day, each justice only had two law clerks. So the entire Supreme Court, and one of them only chose to have one. So the entire Supreme Court only had like 18 law clerks. Today, they have like five and six. So it's a much, much bigger institution um, and a much less intimate institution than it was. And so I think a lot more of the communication occurs through through law clerks. Alan, I want to grab one, one caller call in who's a, who has an appropriate question. Let's talk to Charles from Queens. Charles, you have, even though you got, you know, from Queens, you got two Brooklyn boys on the line, so you better behave. Okay. Yeah, I come from Brooklyn. Queens, so, yeah. Okay. First yeah. of all, okay. I, I enjoyed the opportunity to talk to Professor Dershowitz. First of all, I would like to say that I am very impressed with your legal brilliance, but I'm even more impressed and admire you for, even though you're a liberal, the fact that when it came to honesty versus ideology, you stuck with honesty. And you must have lost all your friends, or almost all your friends, by doing that. But yet you stuck to honesty, and that's very admirable. My question to you well, is, I appreciate though, that. You know, I have a new book coming out called The Price of Principle, where I tell the story about losing a lot of friends based on my commitment to principle rather than partisanship. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. Anyways, Good, so thanks. you said last night, I heard you say something to the effect like that. It doesn't really matter how Roe v. Wade came about, sort of, you know, that it didn't come about the right way, sort of. 
because it's been 50 years the law of the land. And I do understand that logic because people now are used to it. So taking it away is perhaps not right. However, I beg to differ. This is logical. I'm not arguing with you legal, legally. Um, if a kid got hooked on smoking or drugs at age nine, and he's been doing it for 50 years, maybe it's not a perfect analogy. Shouldn't he stop? <laughs> it was a of 50 years. No, of course, if it's wrong, if it's bad, you change it. Of course, if it's wrong, if it's bad, you change it. Plessy versus Ferguson was more than 50 years, and the Supreme Court overruled it in Brown versus Board of Education. But there should be good reasons for overruling it. Here, the only reason Roe is being overruled, only reason, is because they have enough new justices appointed by, um, by Trump to get the votes to do it. That's not a good enough reason. Well, Obama said, well, this isn't really Supreme Court justices are not elected, but the people that pick them, the president, is elected, and there's the Senate and the... Well, remember Obama tried to pick Garland, but remember that the president tried to pick Garland, and the Senate wouldn't give him a hearing. They stole that seat. The Republicans stole that seat from the Democrats. And uh, and then they appointed... It wasn't 11 months before the election, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 11 months. Then they appointed Barrett... Weeks before the election. Total hypocrisy. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. Well, Charles, you got it from the professor's mouth. Not the horse's mouth, the professor's mouth. And thank you for calling mm-hmm. in. Alan, let me just t- touch on what you, you, what you speak about in, in terms of the substance of the conversation. Not where it comes out, but really about stare decisis. As a professor of Harvard Law, just if they haven't heard you, just tell the, uh, the listeners, what is stare decisis? Well, it's it's a principle that says you generally stand by old decisions unless there's a good reason for changing it. But if there's a good reason for changing it, you do. It's a presumption. It's not a rule. And it's less binding on the Supreme Court than it is on other courts. I have to take another call now, but it's always great to be on with you, Arthur. You're a great commentator and a great lawyer and uh, and a great friend. All right, Professor Dershowitz, make sure you drink some Thank tea you. with honey to take care of your voice because I'm sure you got like 18 more appearances. All right, folks, you got it from Professor Alan Dershowitz all day long. Um, you know, for, for those of us uh, leak, uh, legal geeks, uh, you know, this is a big thing. And um, I, I'm going to talk to you just a little bit more about the Supreme Court. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear the news. We'll be back. We'll talk about whose birthdays it is today. We'll try to end a Tuesday evening on a high note. We'll be right back. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight, 7 o'clock. That means it's going to be travel night. Valerie Delia back. And uh, we will discuss all of the things you need to know before you make your big summer travel plans. That's coming up tonight at 7, only on AM 970, The Answer. Holland Christian Home is a Christian home for seniors, a place that will treat your loved one with kindness and respect. Located in North Haleden, New Jersey, Holland Christian Home is filled with fun activities, delicious meals, medical care, and more. Founded more than 125 years ago, Holland Christian Home provides the physical, social, and financial needs to care for seniors. Go to hchnj.org or call Charlotte at 973-807-3245. Call Holland Christian Home to discuss how they can care for your aging loved one with residential living a permanent life care program and respite care you'll have peace of mind that your mom or dad aunt or uncle friends and loved ones are in a warm and loving community 
Daily chapel services are included. HCHNJ.com or call 973-807-3245. Holland Christian Home will care for your aging loved one with kindness and respect. HCHNJ.org or 973-807-3245. Holland Christian Home. Ask for Charlotte. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules in theaters two nights only, May 2nd and May 4th, with a special virtual premiere, May 6th. Tickets available only at 2,000mules.com. 2,000mules.com. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. News. Opinion. Passion. This is AM 970. The Answer. Cloudy skies, 57 degrees on this Tuesday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, former President Donald Trump is facing another court rejection. A higher court rejected an appeal to purge a civil contempt of court ruling, which included a $10,000 a day fine. The appellate division today denied a motion to toss the contempt of court order for refusing to respond to a subpoena by the New York Attorney General. So as of now, the fine stays until he turns over documents requested by the Attorney General, or if he convinces the judge he doesn't have any. A Bronx man was shot dead after answering a knock at his door last night. Noam Layden has more. Neighbors say they are really freaked out by the murder. You know, I don't know who does that. Knock, rings your bell, and just shoots you. Uh, right across the street, yeah, it's cl- real close to home. Their 43-year-old neighbor shot in the torso in his Kingsbridge home about 6 last night. He was rushed to the hospital where he passed away. Police have not detailed a motive for the shooting, and they've made no arrests. Noam Layden, NBC News Radio, New York. A rally is taking place at this hour in Lower Manhattan as the Supreme Court is apparently considering a decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Protesters are wearing green when they showed up at Foley Square at 5 this evening. The draft that was leaked to Politico has sparked outrage across the nation. New York City Council Speaker Adrian Adams is calling on the legislative branch to enact the Women's Health Protections Act that would preserve access to abortion services. Taking a look at the traffic across the Hudson, going back to New Jersey at the Holland Tunnel, 15 to 20 minutes, 10 to 15 inbound from 1 and 9, not bad from the turnpike. 15 to 20 out at the Lincoln, 5 minutes inbound in the George Washington Bridge. A pretty good ride. Your forecast for tonight, cloudy skies, chance of a shower, especially after midnight, low 52. Showers likely for the morning commute tomorrow, high 64. Maybe some sun by the afternoon tomorrow, but definitely abundant sunshine for Thursday. Lots of sun with a high of 66. More clouds and rain for Friday and Saturday. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. 
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2788. You run a small business, but who's running your HR? Do you have an HR manager? When's the last time you had an HR audit? Do your employees take workplace safety training? My last question to you is this. What are you waiting for? One complaint against your company can turn your world upside down. I'm Alan Jones, and I created Bambi specifically for small business. All so you can put your HR on autopilot. With Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate the most important HR practices, like HR policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. And you'll get a dedicated HR manager not for 80 grand a year, but yes, for $99 a month. We're here to help you navigate the most complex parts of your HR, available by phone, email, and real-time chat. And here's what I'm the most proud of. Bambi customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them, which is why Bambi has received thousands of five-star reviews. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com slash time today for your free HR audit. Spell Bambi.com slash time. Bambi.com slash time. There's a lot to learn and understand when getting ready to buy a home. Having a right lending team in place who can help is important. The lending experts at Citizens Bank can answer your questions about home borrowing or how to get started with a mortgage pre-approval. Call Citizens Bank at 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Seventy-one years old, and Frankie Valley, the great Frankie Valley, eighty-eight years old today. Um, Bing Crosby, he died in seventy-seven at the age of seventy-four. James Brown died in two thousand six at the age of seventy-three. And we're going to talk at the end of the show about 
another very special person whose birthday was today. He's no longer with us. Here's the deal, just so you guys understand from a very simplistic legal point of view. Um, what the Supreme Court said in Roe v. Wade is that uh, a woman's right to an abortion is an absolute right and no state can ban it. It's like unlawful searches and seizures. No state can say anyone could kick in your front door without a warrant, without probable cause. If the uh, if the NYPD, the LAPD, the Boston PD, if for whatever reason they just want to kick in your door and go through your house, uh, there they could do so. No, the 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 federal law says no. You cannot do that. There is a right to not have unlawful searches and seizures. So no state can change that. It is a right. And as of right this second, Supreme Court has now. Unlawful searches and seizure was something that was from day one of the, of, uh, by our founding fathers that was absolutely prohibited because that's what used to take place in, in, other, in England. And through the years, we have discovered new rights. Um, the biggest one of late was the uh, Oberfell decision, uh, which had to do with gay marriage. So if you guys remember... Initially, you could get married uh, in in Connecticut. A, a homosexual couple could get married in Connecticut, but you couldn't get married in New Jersey and you couldn't get married in New York um, because certain states allowed it and certain states didn't allow it. And the Oberfeld decision said, no, it is now it is a right that was written into the Constitution. And Justice Scalia, uh, agreeing with the chief justice at the time, wrote a dissent, and I'll just read you the first paragraph, just because it gives you some idea of the issue we're talking about of regarding the substance of Roe v. Wade, because it's some, somewhat similar here. Justice Scalia, with whom Justice Thomas joins, dissenting. Quote, I join the Chief Justice's opinion in full. I write separately to call attention to this court's threat to American democracy. The substance of t- today's decree is not of immense personal importance to me. So he's basically saying, like, the gay marriage issue to him wasn't a big deal. The law can recognize as marriage whatever sexual attachments and living arrangements it wishes and accord them favorable civil consequences from tax treatment to rights of inheritance. Okay. Those civil consequences and the public approval that conferring the name of marriage evidences can perhaps have adverse social effects, but no more adverse than the effects of many other controversial laws. So it is not of special importance to me what the law says about marriage. However, it is of overwhelming importance who it is that makes that rule. And his whole uh, essence is that these are laws, these social laws are supposed to be made by Congress. It is not supposed to be the United States the, the, the Supreme Court that makes these decisions. Quote from Justice Scalia, this practice of constitutional revision by an unelected committee of nine, meaning the Supreme Court, always accompanied, as it is today, by extravagant praise of liberty, robs the people of the most important liberty they asserted in the Declaration of Independence and won in the Revolution of 1776, the freedom to govern themselves. Until the courts put a stop to it, 
Public debate over same-sex marriage displayed American democracy at its best. So in other words, what Justice Scalia is saying is that the public debating these issues, debating uh, Roe v. Wade, the right to abortion, debating uh, same-sex marriage, that's what our, our system is founded on. And ultimately, you're supposed to go into the voting booth and vote for the congressperson or the senator, uh, or on a local level, the assembly person or the, or the state senator that follows your point of view. And then whomever is in the majority at that point can pass whatever laws that they believe. And what Scalia was always against is, as he refers to here, a committee of nine. He told me, Art, that we are so out of touch with what the people want. We get in our car from our home. This was even before 9-11, before he had security. He goes, I get in my car. I pull into the basement of the Supreme Court. I see no one. I go upstairs. I see my, the, the few staff members I have, my law clerks, and maybe a couple of my partners, of my partners, my couple of my colleagues. They have no idea what Joseph Belia wants, what Joe Piscopo wants, what Jerry Crowley wants, what, what Joan Pelzer wants, what Marianne Bertuna wants. So they should not be the ones creating what society believes is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And for those of you who remember, there was a television commercial for Prego Spaghetti Sauce. And their logo or slogan was, it's in there. Oregano, it's in there. Parmesan cheese, it's in there. Garlic, it's in there. Onions, it's in there. And Scalia said, the United States Constitution is not a jar of Prego spaghetti sauce. Just because we want it to be in there, just because we want the United States Supreme Court to say that, oh, in the Constitution, it's a woman's right to choose is in the Constitution. It's not there. So what they did under Roe is they said, well, it falls under the privacy clause. So it's it falls under your right to privacy, which... It, look, that's it, depending on what side of the issue that you're on, but it's a pretty sweeping right, it, it, your right to privacy. If you compare it to the death penalty, I mean, the, the forefathers were very specific. The only punishment for many uh, felonies that were committed from day one of the founding of this nation was the death penalty. So obviously no one could say the death penalty is unconstitutional when... That was the only punishment that was legal that was on the books. But what people who are against Roe say is that to make it a right is squeezing is squeezing a square peg into a round hole. And other people say, well, you know what? The court uh, is comprised of, of supposedly the intellectually best and brightest that our nation has to offer. And if they figure out a way to interpret it that way, then so be it. Uh, What Scalia writes in the dissent is, I don't know how my colleagues said that same-sex marriage is a God-given constitutional right where 15 years before we wrote this decision, 15 years ago, nowhere on the globe, nowhere on the planet Earth did same-sex marriage exist. And now my colleagues are saying it's an absolute God-given right. Now, the flip side of it is people say, well, we've evolved, society has evolved, and that's where we're at now. And then Scalia would say, fine, go into Congress, get your elected representatives, 
go to your senators and say, hey, guys, we got to come. We got to get with the times. We got to step up here. The people want same-sex marriage. So let's pass a law and say nowhere in the United States of America can same-sex marriage be banned. And that's how the system is supposed to work. Um, And that's when you want to talk about the substance. That's the substance of these particular cases. Stare decisis, basically, once the decision's on the books, it's really not supposed to be changed, period. Has, have there been tweaks here and there? Yes. What um, uh, Alan was talking about, Professor Dershowitz was talking about, was what the Chief Justice probably wanted was to say, okay, the Mississippi law with the 15, uh, the law of 15, that's okay, but, you know, so we're going to give them what they want, but we're not going to get rid of the whole thing. Probably would have been a smart move. But I guess the people on the right of the issue are feeling their oats. Um, and they, they now have a majority. And you know, Justice Alito got saddled with this. It's going to change his life. Um, and I, on a very personal basis, I really like him. Uh, and I feel bad for him be- and his family. Uh, because in, in certain places he's going to be a hero, but there's going to be nut jobs. Uh, Joan just told me there are protests breaking out everywhere right now. I'm about to leave here. We're on Wall Street. If I go past the federal courthouse, which is five blocks from here, there's going to be hundreds of people. Um, I mean, look, it's great that people are protesting, making their voices be heard. Uh, we shouldn't be threatening anyone. Um, we should definitely shouldn't be doing any harm. Within the Supreme Court of the United States, I hope... Uh, just the chief justice uses all of his powers to find out who did this lie detector tests. I, I don't care. Waterboarding, whatever it takes. And whoever gets caught should pay the whatever the ultimate penalty and the ultimate price that they can pay. Um, big day today. Birthday. Sugar Ray Robinson. His real name was Walker Smith Jr. He was a boxer. Well, those of you who don't know. He would have been 101 years old today. Uh, he died April 12th, 1989, at the age of 67. You know why he probably died at 67? If you saw how many fights he had. First of all, as an amateur, he fought over, over uh, 100 times. As a pro, I think he had over 200 fights. Um, he, um, uh, my grandfather, let's just see right here. Robinson was a dominant. It usually listed him as 85 and 0 as an amateur. With 69 knockouts, 40 of them in the first round. Uh, you know, when I spoke to my grandfather towards the end of his life, but he was sharp until the end, I said, Poppy, of all, all the boxers you saw, and he saw them all, Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Ernie Shavers, Sugar Ray Leonard. I said, who was the best? And he didn't hesitate. He said, Sugar Ray Robinson. Pound for pound, he was the best. So rest in peace, Sugar Ray. Rest in peace, Poppy. I love you, Uncle. I love you, Grandpa. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.